Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Some people love money and, and their love for money will cause them to sin against God. That's bad. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Think about all the wickedness that goes in our world today because people love money so much. It says one of the things that will characterize the last days is men will be lovers of themselves and they're going to love some money. I love money. That's, that'll be the, not me, That's, that'll be the characteristic of people in the last days. That they love it and they'll do whatever they got to do to get something. They got to step on your neck, climb over your head, lie on you, whatever, to get a couple more bucks. They'll do it because they love it. Have you ever been stuck in your stubbornness? Have you ever avoided doing something that you know will help you because you're headstrong? In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that despite your stubbornness, God will use you in mighty ways. Whether you want to be used by Him or not, He will find a way to further His kingdom through you. Submit to God's calling for your life and let Him work through you in powerful ways. You can always be used by Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 again. For you guys that have been here, we're, we're making our way through this book. So in chapter 2, we had looked at the second part of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And as Paul was kind of coming to the end of that chapter, he was exhorting Timothy some things to flee from, some things to pursue, the kind of people he needs to hang out with. And so look at chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And I'm going to read this whole section and go back and, and break it down. For men will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. And so first of all, as you look at it, Paul is saying, hey, in the last time, Timothy, I want you to be prepared in advance. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody look like listen, looking at the condition of our world right now, say things are really getting bad. Uh, it's really getting terrible. Anybody have you guys heard people say stuff like that. As Christians, we shouldn't be looking shocked uh, when they say, man, it's really getting bad out here. You should be like, yeah, that's right. Let me show you. The Bible says it's going to be just like that. We shouldn't be the ones all discombobulated like I can't believe it's getting worse y'all know it's gonna get worse before the Lord come back right it's supposed to get worse so as you look at it getting worse it should just build your confidence in the word of God God did say it's going to get worse um, it's been bad but it's getting worse and it's going to continue to get worse until Christ comes back and so Paul tells Timothy I don't want you to be shell-shocked either it's gonna be bad before the Lord comes back he says, but know this, that in the last days, that phrase in the last days is large in scripture. It, it would cover anywhere from the time Christ first came until his second coming, anywhere in that window. So when Paul was alive, it was the last days for Paul. For you and I, we're alive today. It's the last days for us. Some people look at that and say, well, that's, that's just, you know, it's all if, if they were thinking that Jesus was coming in their day. We're thinking Jesus is coming. What if he's not coming? And there are people that they kind of conclude that they, they've always said that. They've always said he's coming back. My grandma and grandma believed that the Lord was going to come back in her day, so forth and so on. This is the idea. As you look throughout Christian history, 
Those that have been most impactful and most powerful in their usefulness to the Lord are those that have lived with an awareness that God could come back at any moment. The imminent return of Christ. He can come back now. He can come back before I finish this message. He can come back at any moment. That's how he left it. And so God wants us to live ready because you know what we want to do? We want to know when is he coming? Next week? Which, what would you do, right? Well, think about most people. I like, okay, Lord's coming back next Friday. You'll be t- tomorrow. I'm going to turn up one more time. I'm going to get right before the Lord come back. He knows how we are. We would, we would be wicked. He even gives a parable saying the same that those that say the Lord delays his coming, they beating them. If the male, female server, they're drinking and getting drunk because they're not looking for his right now return. We're looking for the Lord to come back at any time. And so what does that do to you? It should have you in a place. First John, I believe it's three, three says he who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. It's a purifying truth. As I know the Lord can come back at any moment, I'm just going to live different. The best analogy I can think of as in my childhood, my mom would many times leave home with a list. She would leave us a list of chores and things to do before she got back. And she wouldn't say when she was coming back. She might be back in two hours. She might be back tonight. We didn't know. And she would just leave us. And so there were times where I just say, as soon as my mom left, I'm going to bust this stuff out so I can enjoy my day. And there were days where I didn't do that. There were days where I was like, well, you know, I think she's probably going to. I was trying to figure out what she was going to do and how long it was going to take. And she showed up and I hadn't done my stuff. Had friends over that shouldn't have been over playing video games when I should have been cleaning up. And y'all, I mean, I don't know how that would have ended in your house, but in my house, that ended with me crying. Getting get that, that ended with some leather straps and some belts and, and all of that. And so, it, you know, it, it was she just would leave it wide open. She didn't say I'm coming back at two o'clock. You know, the Lord, I'm not telling you when I'm coming back. Just know I'm coming back. Live ready. And the thing is this. Let's say the Lord doesn't come back in your time. You got to die anyway. None of us know when we're going to die, do we? When I die. I'm going to meet the Lord just like I would meet the Lord in the rapture. So the Lord truly could come back for us any day. Because if I die today, as far as I'm concerned, the Lord came back. (laughs) I'm going to be with the Lord. So it's over. My opportunity to be obedient, to serve him is all over. So here he says, in the last days, it's that stretch of time. So just have that mindset as a believer. We're to be living with just a prepared state. I'm living for you. Lord, if you came back today. I want to be living in such a way that you would find me doing the things that please you, that bless you. He says, this is what it's going to be like. He says, perilous times will come. Um, That word perilous, if you're writing notes, write down Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 28. There's a story there of a man that was was possessed and they just couldn't, they couldn't contain this man. They couldn't control him. And uh, it says that that there was a demon possessed man. He was coming out of the tombs and he was exceedingly fierce. That same word exceedingly fierce is used right here for the word perilous. It just said it's going to be it's not going to be kind of bad. It's going to be really bad. Uh, There's another place in scripture that says when the Lord comes back, it's going to be like the days of Lot. Anybody remember what the days of Lot were like? It was bad. Homosexuals were beating down the door to 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 have their way with men that that didn't get down like that. You know, it was that kind of way. God said it's going to be bad. So you think it's bad right now, it's going to be bad. That's what it's going to be like before I come. So I hope we're prepared as people that know the Bible, that as we look at the things around us, what it should do for us is say, wow, as I'm, God, I'm looking at your word come to life around me. I'm going to make sure I'm sharing the truth. I'm going to make sure I'm sharing you with my neighbors. I'm going to make sure I'm living for you right now because every, the, the stage is set. Everything that needs to happen for the Lord to come back has happened. So we're to just be ready. So perilous times will come. And then as he describes the perilous times, I thought it was interesting. There's 19 characteristics. 
None of them describe the world. They describe the people in the world. We make up what the world is like. It's what we do. It's how we behave. And so 19 characteristics of what people are going to be like at this time. And so it starts off with this. Men will be lovers of themselves. People are going to love themselves. Now you think the world that we live in right now says that's a good thing. We're teaching the kids. You got to love yourself. Um, I hear that constantly. People are taught. Even, even I've heard some pastors. You got, first, you got to love yourself or you can love anybody else. Can I tell you guys that that's not true? That's bad theology. You don't have to love yourself before you can love somebody else. You know what you have to do to yourself? Anybody know what God tells us to do to ourselves? Die to yourself. Right. Some of us, the reason we don't love other people is because we won't die to ourselves. I love me so much that because you get on my nerves and I love me more than you, that I, I don't love you. That's why some of y'all can't love your wife and your husband. Some of y'all can't love family members that get on your nerves because you love you so much. It's like they make me so uncomfortable and I love me so much that I'm going to just dog them out. I don't want to deal with them because me, I got to do me. I love me. That's the kind of a, a terminology in our world. that I'm going to just do me. I mean, I'm going to look out for me, mine and myself. I love myself. The little kids at school are being taught, little Timmy, love yourself. You love yours with the teaching the kids that I just tell you right now, what we need to do is love God. Right. If we love God, we'll have a right view of ourselves. I'm not saying we got to hate ourselves. I don't walk around. I hate me. You know, I like me pretty good. You know, the Bible assumes that we love ourselves. When the Bible tells a husband to love his wife, he says, husbands, love your wife like you love your own self. It doesn't say husband, love yourself and then love your wife. The Bible says you already love yourself too much. Love her like you love you. When you go out and you just buy yourself, everything, do it for her. Do for her what you naturally do for you. You will be a great husband. And so here it says there'll be lovers of themselves. There'll be people that are just obsessed with them. I love me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to take care of me and mine. That'll characterize these last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Continuing on, lovers of money, right? Is money bad? Is money bad? If you think it is, you bring it all up here, okay? Money not bad. <laughs> money in and of itself is not bad, right? It's the love of money, right? We learned that in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. So if you, some people are love the Lord and they have money. That's not a sin. It's okay. Some people love the Lord. They have no money. That's okay too. Uh, some, some people love money and, and their love for money will cause them to sin against God. That's bad. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Think about all the wickedness that goes in our world today because people love money so much. It says one of the things that will characterize the last days is men will be lovers of themselves and they're going to love some money. I love money. That's, that'll be the, not me, that's, that'll be the characteristic of people in the last days. That they love it and they'll do whatever they got to do to get something. They got to step on your neck, climb over your head, lie on you, whatever, to get a couple more bucks. They'll do it because they love it. It's amazing what we're willing to do for the things that we love. When you find a man or a woman that love the Lord, and you see what they're willing to endure. We're going to look at Paul a little later. Look at what they're willing to endure because they love the Lord. It's amazing what love will make you do. You find a man that's in love with a woman and you look at what he'll go through to, to bless her, to please her because he loves her. When you look at someone that loves themselves or loves some money and some stuff and you look at what they're willing to do to get some more of that stuff. And it's kind of scary. Uh, I watched a, a show with my dad one day. and Some of you guys may be seeing this show, The Last 48 and it was one episode I watched with my dad and I was blown away at what people were willing to do for just, you know, what would amount to very little money. You know, for a few hundred bucks, there's dead people. I mean, there are people whose lives have been taken for a few hundred bucks. I mean, his life wasn't worth a few hundred bucks for you to have a few hundred bucks. You would take his life to have it. That blows me away. I, I mean, for a few thousand, a few million that someone would be dead, a life taken for a little bit of money. 
But that was somebody that loved money more than they loved his life, loved their life, and they took a life for some money. So they'll be lovers of themselves, they'll be lovers of money, boasters, proud. I, every time I look at that, I just start thinking of the TV. I think of TV. I start thinking of rap videos. I start thinking of sports athletes, boasters and proud. You know, just that'll be the characteristic of people in the last day, just proud of themselves. Um, now, again, is it wrong to be proud of yourself? You do a good thing. This here has the idea of it's an arrogant pride. It's, it's a, I'm not just proud of me. I'm, I'm proud of me over you. You know, it's a it's that kind of a thing. God said that'll characterize people in the last days. Boasters, proud, got to tell everybody what they got, uh, what they achieve, what they do, what they are. Just boasters and proud. That'll characterize them. People in these last days, it says blasphemers. Don't think anything about speaking down the person of Christ. Nothing about speaking down the name of God. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Um, now, it's interesting that that would characterize last day. I was looking at this and I said, haven't kids always been disobedient? Like, was there ever a time where kids were obedient to parents? And if you think about that, there was. There was a time further back than some of y'all have been here, but there was a, there was an era where it was more common that kids were subject to their parents and submissive to and obedient to their parents. And we've gradually gotten to the place where we are today where kids are off the chain. But you know why? Because those of us that know the word and we know the Lord, uh, we know there's rules, right? God's given some rules about how to raise kids. What are you supposed to do for a bad kid? Discipline, right? That's all they need. The Bible says if you love them, spank them. Discipline them. Foolishness is bound up in the, the, the heart of a child. The rod of correction drive it out from them. But we live in a world that says, don't you spank that boy. No, no, did you put him in a timeout? I, did, I know this. I was a bad kid and there was whoopings. If I would have just had a timeout, that's it. Because I used to weigh it out. I used to be like, if I do this I'm, and I get caught, I'm going to get a whooping. And I would weigh it out. Uh, if my dad was around, it was a whooping for my dad, it was a no-go. I'm not doing it. If it was my mom, it was like, a, I don't know, maybe if I really want to do it bad enough, I'll go ahead and take that whooping. If they had a said, if you do that again, you're going to sit in that timeout. Word? That's it? <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd be in prison right now. I would've, it would have it done me wrong, you know? So the world is saying, don't do that. Don't discipline your kids. Don't spank them. But what ends up happening, they become unruly and unmanageable and disobedient and you can't contain them. You can't control them and they grow up and the system don't not beat them. Um, if you don't beat your kids and I'm going to say beat them, I'm not speaking of in a, in a, in a, in a, hard, in a way that I'm not, we're not drawing blood and giving bruises. I'm talking about tear that behind up when needed. You know, if we don't do it when they grow up, the cops, they don't, they don't hold back. They don't say we don't before we put you in that box, we beat you real good. You, they going to get beat. So here it says children are disobedient to parents. How did we get there? Uh, we live in a world that says do it this way. Hopefully as Christians, we don't do it that way. Hopefully we, we stick to the book. You know what, God? I'm going to love my kids. I'm going to be an example to my kids. I'm going to teach my kids about you. And when needed, I'll apply the rod for their benefit, for their health. I'll do it in love. I'll do it in gentleness. I'll do it in patience. But I will do it faithfully so that my kids, those that are under my care, those that I'm in charge of, those that I got to give an account for, I don't want them to be disobedient. And there's a point at which your control runs out. So you got a limited time to establish that with your kids. So, but again, one of the things that will characterize the last days is kids will be disobedient to parents. Once again, when I think, when I see a five-year-old be disobedient, it's only one reason a five-year-old can be, it's because I don't get a spanking. Because at five years old, you're going, I just remember my, how I came up. Every kid want to do what they want to do. 
But I remember my mom would say, you do that again. I knew what that meant. Do that one more time. That meant don't do that ever again. Or you could, not today at least, you know, or you're going to get a whooping. It was, I was delivered. I was healed. I was cured. You know, I'd be in class cutting up. Let a teacher tell me, I'm going to have to call your mom. No, no, no. Okay. I'd be the teacher's pet for the rest of the day. Why? I didn't want that. I knew if a call went home to my mom, I was getting a whooping. So it, it made me submit at school. Uh, my wife was a principal and there was a point where she would meet with kids and, and you tell some kids, I'm going to call home and they could call my mother then. You know they don't get a spanking. They call my mother if you want to call my mother. You know, you have some other kid, I'm going to call your mom. No, please, Miss Buck, please don't call my mom. You know that they probably get their behind tore up. So it, you realize that mom and dad and their job at home impacted even what happens outside of this place. So uh, you're blessed to have children. Be faithful, be diligent. Don't let your kids be part of this group that characterize the last days. Kids are disobedient to parents. Uh, another thing, they're unthankful. People are very unthankful. Feel like everybody feel like somebody owed them something. Uh, we live in a, a culture and a time today where that's that's a, that's a very unthankful, you know, place. People don't appreciate much. Um, I went out one time. I uh, went out with my buddy, his church, and um, we did a. It was a, a ministry to feed the homeless, and I'll never forget this because it, it, it was like wow. I mean, all the work that people did preparing food, cooking it, trying to get it together, lining it up, and then you have the people come and feed them. And you had some people come and say, "What, what y'all serving today?" Food. <laughs> you, you know, it was like, well, what is it? Like they had to see it, smell it. And I'm like, well, then maybe you don't need it then. I mean, it's just free food for people that need some free food. And I was like, how unthankful, you know, just, I mean, giving it just for free. It's hot, it's warm. It was prepared with love. And they got, I just felt like that was so nervy. And um, it was bad because there were some people that came and they said that. And then they said, what do y'all have to drink? And they, all they had was, uh, 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 like punch in a dispenser and a water, dis lemonade in a water dispenser. And they said, y'all don't have no soda? So one of the guys, I kid you not, one of the guys was nice enough to say, what kind of soda would you like? And he took her order for her and her people, went to the store and bought them the sodas and came back. Now, these people ate and they had a bag of, they had bought some bootleg DVDs and they had left them. We didn't know who had left them, we found out later. So when we're cleaning everything up afterwards, we find this bag of bootleg DVDs. And we opened it up and they were bad DVDs. So they, want, they, only, they already bootleg. Y'all know that's bad already. I hope y'all know. Y'all shouldn't be buying bootleg. I hope you feel bad if you do. But it was already bootleg, you know, so they stealing from somebody off the top. Now they were, but they were bad DVDs. So we said, we don't want to just throw them away and somebody else get them because this is bad stuff. So we broke them, threw them away. I mean, two minutes went by. We broke them and threw them away. And that same person came back. Did you find a bag of DVDs? I was like, can't lie, pastor. Yeah, we did. Uh, where, where, well, we threw them away. Well, where? Well, we, we broke them and threw them away. And it almost, almost had a woman hit me. And I was like, I mean, we fed you. Hey, we bought you soda, woman. Like, unthankful, unthankful. So that'll characterize this, this era. Unthankful. Next thing is unholy. Uh, people just not living a set-apart life, not willing to live a life of dedication to the Lord, of, of holiness, unholy, unloving. Um, just an unloving generation. People are not just natural love. I think one of the most unloving things in our generation is is things that a child will do to his parent and things that a parent will do to their child. Um, those are one of the most natural love relationships between children and parents. You have mothers who um, 
through abortion, different things like that. Just, just, I mean, I think of that, a mother with a, a child in her womb and it's, it's being formed, it's growing, just murdering it. That's the most, it's a natural, I think the most natural love would be of a love from a mother to a child that says, my baby and it's growing, and it's fit. But we live in a world where that's just, nah, that's just, you know, people are encouraged. It's, 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 it's too, you're too young. It's not the right time. You should just just do X, Y, and Z. Um, again, you have kids that have done things to parents that you just say, wow, that's your mother. That's your father. Um, just, just basic natural love, unloving. That's to be what things are like in this time. Unforgiving, people not willing to let things go. One of the things that marked Christ is that he was willing to forgive uh, vile things against him. But God said, one of the things that will characterize the end time, people will be unforgiving, not willing to let stuff go. Uh, not willing to let, you know, not letting anybody off the hook. You, you get me, I'm going to get you back. Um, that'll characterize people in the last times. And we got to be careful. As we read through these things, um, we realize this is characterized. This is the world. So hopefully this is not the church. Hopefully these things, hopefully we recognize, I see all these things in the world, but hopefully we don't see them in us. And if we do, we can repent. And we can, we can, we can hand those things over to the Lord and say, God, help me to not be like this. But unforgiven, not willing to forgive, not willing to let somebody off the hook. And... Anybody here that's ever needed to be forgiven, you know what a relief it is to be forgiven, to just be released of whatever someone had against you or whatever the debt was, just to be forgiven. And we know what a bondage and a snare it could be for someone to just, I'm not going to forgive you for that. Never going to forgive you for that. Um, so people that are unforgiven, not willing to let things go. And um, you know, I, I never get to teach on something like this where God doesn't bring it down my street. Um, and I'll just share this real brief with you guys. Um, we went, we just been going through a process, my family of moving. And when we got rid of one house, we didn't have another house. We had dogs. I had a, I had a German shepherd, me and my son, BJ, and my daughter's got a little dog. Chris kept the little dog for us and they kept him safe. God bless him. So he wore them out. And then, uh, but the big dog, we, uh, I had a guy that my dad knew said he boards dogs and he kept my big dog, uh, the German shepherd. And long story short, uh, after about a month, just checking in with the guy, couldn't get a hold of him, found out that the guy had went to jail. And I was told that he took my dog and some other dogs that he had in boarding and he was using them to do guard dog work at night somewhere. And that three of the dogs got poisoned and died. And my dog was one of them. So I was upset, as anybody would be, um, you know, hearing some news like that. I had to sit down and break it to my son. And I figured, oh, I think BJ's pretty tough. He'll take it all right. And I sat down to tell him. And he just started crying. So, you know, as a dad, I'm like, you did this to my son. So, so my old nature said, man, I, I, if I catch this dude, I got every right just once. It's one hit or quitter him. Just, just one time. And you, did this, you made my son cry. Obviously, the Lord don't co-sign no mess like that, you know. So, as I prayed, God said, no, you got to let that go. And I just said, okay. I, I agreed. I said, God, I'm going to let it go. That guy's in jail. I just never deal with the guy again. It's over. Forget it. Let it go. So, the guy gets out of jail. And he starts contacting me. And so last week he got out of jail. He said, hey, uh, the, your dog made it. He didn't die. As a matter of fact, he's over at this house. And he texts me the address. So I go over to the address. And, and it was like a setup. I go to the address. Now I see some guys out front, you know, those little gangbanger guys. And uh, they got their colors on. But I figure I'll be all right. It's the two guys. So I step out and I go to the door. And the guy's like, hey, what's up? Through my door. I said, oh, you know, this guy told me to come over here and my dog, ain't no dogs here. Sudden, 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 you know, they a little set. And I'm like, well, sudden, sudden told me to come, ain't no dogs here. And they kind of framing up on me and I'm like, hmm, it's, it's after church Sunday, so I feel spirit-filled, you know. Uh, 
So I go, you know, they didn't, they didn't touch me. And I go, I said, all right, whatever. You know, I go and get my car. And I'm like, now you didn't sent me to the, you know, into the, the thing. And so I just said, don't call the guy back. Don't talk to him again. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Are you in the area and looking for a church to call home? We'd love to welcome you into our community. Head on over to CalvaryInglewood.org to learn more about the church and the people in it. And then come see us this Sunday. For those of you who can't make it, don't worry. Technology is an amazing thing and we're using it to leverage the kingdom. You can follow our live stream on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook, and you can always go back and watch it later on YouTube. There's a link on our website, which was CalvaryInglewood.org. In this series, Pastor Bill is going through the book of 2 Timothy, a letter of the Apostle Paul. Timothy was neck deep in ministry troubles, and Paul wrote to encourage him and give him instructions like these ones found in 2 Timothy 2.1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is a series you won't want to miss. And if you'd like to jump in and become part of this ministry, you'll find opportunity to give online or on our mobile app. Give to a transforming word and join us in spreading the transforming good news of Jesus Christ. You'll never know how far your gift will go. Well, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back next time for another great word from Pastor Bill right here on A Transforming Word.